Exodus chapter 20. And we're going to start with the end and work our way back. Okay? We're going to start with the end of the story and work our way back. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 18 says this. It says, When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us and we will listen. But no, do not have God speak to us or we will die. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. But the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Today we're going to be talking about you being informed or you being transformed. There's a big difference. There's a lot of people who are content to sit in church week after week and say, Pastor, inform me. But I want to tell you today that God is not in the informing business. He's in the transforming business. He's looking to transform people's lives from the inside out so that you stop sinning, so that your life is different. God is not looking. Listen to me, my friends. He's not looking for you just to hear a good message and say, well, that was good. He's looking for you to encounter him and have him revolutionize your life so that when people see you, they don't see the old man that you once were. But they see Christ flowing and living through you. Exodus 19 and 20 give the account of Moses meeting with the Lord on Mount Sinai and the giving of the Ten Commandments as we know them. And we also notice this choice that we're going to talk about. If you read the text clearly, you will see that Moses going up the mountain, and then down the mountain, and up the mountain, and down the mountain, and up the mountain, and back down the mountain, several times. But this was not Moses' first encounter with God there. So sometimes, you know, you have to go somewhere if you're going to be a leader. You have to have been somewhere before for you to take other people there. Do you hear me? If you're going to be a leader and God's calling many of you into a position of leadership in his kingdom, but for you to lead others, you have to have gone ahead of them. And that's what Moses did. You see, years before, Moses had an encounter there on that mountain. God first appeared to Moses back in chapter 3 of Exodus by means of a burning bush. As Moses approached the bush, God told him not to come any closer. God said, don't come any closer. Take off your shoes for where you're standing is holy ground. And God met with Moses there, and God restored him. And God called him to lead his people out of bondage and out of slavery. Among the signs that God gave Moses was that one day, Moses, you are meeting me here. You're meeting me here, but one day, the Israelites will worship the Lord on this mountain. And now we're back at the very same place. And instead of meeting with just Moses, God's desire, hear me, God's desire was to meet with all of Israel. He wasn't content just to meet with Moses. His heart's desire was to meet with the whole nation. God is not just content to meet with the Father. His desire is to meet with your whole family. 
God's not just content to meet with the, the youth pastor. His desire is to meet with every teenager in our church. God's not content just to meet with Jacinda and pour out his spirit in her life, but his desire is to meet with every single one of those children in our nursery and in the kids' church today. His desire is to meet with them, that they would know him intimately and personally. And so God was coming to meet with them. For Moses, the first time, it was a burning bush. And now for the people of Israel, the whole mountain. I mean, a burning bush would be pretty cool to see. But for the nation of Israel, God ramps it up and the whole mountain is a fire and the billows of smoke are coming forth. And I want to read that to you. Exodus 19, verse 10, as I said, we're starting at the end and we're working our way back. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready for the third day. Because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not go up to the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. He shall surely be stoned or shot with arrows. I thought that God was going to kill him. All the time, I thought, I thought, well, God's going to kill them if they touch the mountain. No, God's saying, Moses, set guys around there, and if people come near, shoot them with arrows. Kill them. Did you know that? I always thought it was like fire from heaven coming down and killing them. No, Moses, they'd set guards around, and they were to either stone them or to shoot them with arrows so that they wouldn't come near. He said, you shall surely be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on him, whether man or animal. He shall not be permitted to live. Notice the next verse. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they go up to the mountain. For a long time, people in church have been thinking that they can't ever go up to the mountain because God will strike them dead. That's what they've been believing. God says there's a way to approach me. You don't just approach me anyway. You don't usurp authority. You don't come willy-nilly, half-hearted, but there's a proper way to approach me. And so the idea of the enemy has told people that they can't ever go up the mountain. And I've got good news for you today. You can go up the mountain. And there's good news for you. It's not just Moses who can enter into the presence of God, but God has opened up a way for you and I. It's not just the leaders. It's not just some special person. You're a special person. After Moses had gone down the mountain to the people, he consecrated them. And they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, prepare yourself for the third day. Abstain from sexual relations. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning. With a thick cloud over the mountain. And a very loud trumpet blast. And everyone in the camp was troubled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because, listen, the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. And the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Then Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended 
to the top of the Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up. Now I want you to get a picture of what took place here, what's happening. What you see there is the manifest presence, the manifest glory of the one true living God. And God begins to settle upon that mountain. His presence, His glory begins to come down in a visible way in which the people could see with their eyes and they could recognize this is something that is awesome. This is something that's supernatural. God is visiting and the very rocks begin to tremble and to shake. Fire begins to blaze and smoke begins to roll off of that mountain. The blast of the trumpet was not powered with his horn. It wasn't Howard. It wasn't a group of people blasting the trumpet. It was an angelic blast. And the last phaser is going to be one of those trumpet blasts, my friend. And there was a blast from heaven, and it got louder and louder and louder as the glory of God became more real to the people. And the voice of God spoke. When I was a little boy, Pastor Sam Russ was our pastor. And he used to speak about the Shekinah glory. And whenever he says that, when I think of him saying that, the goosebump pimples began to rise up on my arm. Because he would talk about the Shekinah glory. I was probably like in first or second grade, and I, I remember him coming and preaching, and he'd talk about the Shekinah glory, and like the presence of God would begin to transform that man. As he began to talk about the glory of God, where people could no longer stand in his presence, where the glory of God begins to fall, and people are automatically convicted of their sins, and people cannot, they are totally undone in the glory of God. Friends, that's what we need today. If we ever needed it today, we need to see God in your glory. Thank God for all of the gadgets that we have. But we would see Jesus. Thank God for cool signs, and thank God for neat bulletins and videos and all of those things. But Lord, could we see Jesus? Would you show up in our place? Lord, because you are the one who transforms people's lives from the very inside out. As you talk about the glory of the Lord, even as a little boy, it was something where I said, God, I want that. There's something about when we talk about God's glory that causes men and women to be hungry. When we talk about his glory, there's something in it. When people start talking about it, you start, you're, you're almost like your spiritual mouth starts watering. God, I need that in my life. Many have lost it, but let me tell you today that it's coming back. I declare to you today in the name of Jesus that God's glory is coming back. Get ready. You are going to see it with your very eyes. From the beginning, God designed man to have a close, intimate fellowship with him. The Bible says that Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. And on the day that Adam and Eve disobeyed God and partook of the fruit, God came walking to meet with them just like he did every day. See, people think that God has changed. He hasn't changed. He came in spite of their sin. God came walking, looking for them. And But when they heard him walking, what did they do? They took off. They ran into the trees and they tried to hide themselves because they were covered with shame. They were overcome. They were ashamed to be in his presence. In spite of their running for him, God came after them. You see, they were recognized. And what did they do? They attempted to distance themselves from the holy God. 
was a common trait of humanity, even today. On that day that Adam and Eve partook of that fruit, God was initiating a restoration for them. We think that whenever man sins, that God runs away from him. No, God doesn't go anywhere. Man hides from God. Man runs from God. But God was initiating for them, and we realize that God came and he slew an animal and he covered their nakedness. We know that from the beginning of time that God has been initiating intimacy with himself, where he invites people not to see him or know him from a distance, but to know him intimately. God was coming to the mountain now. See, people think, oh, wow, what an awesome experience that Moses had. He saw a burning bush. Well, God ramps it up. And he's coming, and he's coming to meet, to the mountain to meet with all of Israel. All of Israel were invited. God was coming to meet with Israel. This is a huge step towards reversing the consequence of Adam and Eve's sin. God is doing a new thing in the nation with Israel that day. In Exodus 19, verse 4, as I said, we're starting at the end and we're working our way back. And this is what God said to them. God says, you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt. He had delivered them. They came out of Egypt not broke. They came out of Egypt carrying or heavy down with the wealth of Egypt. Okay? God, they had gone there small, and God had grew their nation, and, and they had prospered, even though they were oppressed as they come out. God not only sets them free, but he gives them the wealth of Egypt, the scripture says. They came out within that state. It says, you see what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. They had seen the Red Sea open up. They had seen God provide water for them in the midst of the desert. Notice what he says. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possessions. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me. Listen to what he says. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. He wanted to make Israel a kingdom of priests. He didn't want to just meet with Moses. He wanted to have a whole nation of priests who met with him. And these are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. God had spoken to Moses. God, through his presence among his people, intended to become present to all of humanity. God intended the whole nation to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. That day, the people stood in awe as the voice of God himself began to speak. And many of us think, many of us think that Moses goes up to the mountain and he beats them out and they come and chisels them out, comes back down the mountain, and the people are like, oh, okay, well, read that to us. No. God spoke from the cloud. God's voice came forth, and the people are standing there, and you know, they didn't have they didn't have um, big speakers back then. They didn't have Claire Brothers to provide them with a traveling sound system. But the voice of God thundered from the thing. The other thing, and notice what he says. This is what God says. He says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You'll have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or in the earth below or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. 
For I, the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord your God will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. And on and on God begins to speak to them. Notice this. How did the people respond to God's invitation to draw near? They were afraid, and they stayed back. As I said to you earlier, there was a portion of where he said, if anyone comes up to the mountain unprepared, shoot them with an arrow, stone them with a stone. We read that, right? And so here's the thing. If you go back a little earlier in Exodus 19.9, God says to Moses this. God says to Moses, he says, I'm going to speak to you so that the people hear me speaking to you and always trust you. God said, I'm going to speak to you in their hearing. Moses, you come up here. I'm going to speak, and I'm going to let them hear what I say. And because I speak directly with you, that they will always trust you. So there's this idea of of God's a God of order. And he establishes order in his house and in his kingdom. He doesn't want people. There's a challenge. Some people want to stay away from God. There's others who want to usurp authority and not prepare themselves. You know, there were numerous people who said, is Moses the only one who can hear from God? Can't we hear from God? People who resisted Moses, and what happens? The ground opens up and swallows them and their whole family. We find that Miriam opposes Moses, and what happens? God strikes her with leprosy. And so it's not that when we talk about hearing from God, there is this reverence and this respect that God places in our lives for people who are in leadership in our lives. He doesn't call you because you can hear from God to usurp the authority for a wife to usurp the authority over her husband. Well, I can hear from God and you can't. He doesn't call for a student to usurp the authority over their teacher. Well, I can hear from God too. No, God's a God of order. His glory comes down. He places those in authority in our lives. And so as this begins to take place and God speaks to them, He intends for them all to be a kingdom of priests. But they were afraid and they stood back. And this is what they said. They said, Moses, you go up the mountain and tell us what he says, and we'll do it. Moses, you inform us. You inform us, and we'll do it. The reaction is the opposite of Moses at the burning bush. Moses kicked off his shoes and he drew closer. Israel backed up. Moses was transformed. And most of them were simply informed. That's the problem with many sitting in churches across America today. We're informed up to here, but there's no transformation. There's no transformation in people's lives. Israel backed up lest they die. In a way, they were right. They would die if they remained in the presence of a holy, almighty God. But like Moses, it would not have been a physical death so much as a transforming death. Something about Moses did die at the burning bush. How else can we explain the changes that took place in him? From running from Pharaoh and his own people to going back and confronting Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. How else can we talk about that fire, that, that bush that was, it was a transforming fire doing something in the heart of Moses 
that he became a servant of Yahweh and a vessel of his presence. And now Israel stood before the same fire, facing that same transforming death. It was a fire that was meant to mold them into a kingdom of priests. Listen to me. It was a fire that was going to burn away the garbage out of their lives and make them and shape them into a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A fire that would purify them and make them servants to God and vessels of His presence. And faced with a choice, Israel backed up. How sad. They were faced with that choice. They were faced with a choice. I get to do something. I get to make my choice. Commentators suggest that this was the feast. They celebrate the Feast of Weeks. The feast, they celebrate the Feast of Weeks, the giving of the law, the, you know, whenever this event took place. Commentators suggest that that lines up 50 days after the first day of atonement. It was a new beginning for the people of Israel. They had a choice. They could come up to the mountain and meet with God himself. The fire begins to burn on that mountain. And there was another day, there was another day, 50 days after the sacrifice upon Calvary, when Jesus gave his life upon the cross and died. 50 days later, fire began to fall once again. The fire of the Spirit began to come. The cloven tongues of fire began to settle down and rest on those people where they were in the upper room. God was wanting to, he said, I'm doing something new. I'm taking you into a new era. I'm taking you into a new season. I'm taking you into a deeper level of intimacy with you. And this is the beginning. Are you ready for it? Will you receive it? And on that day, he poured out his Holy Spirit and the church was transformed. They weren't just taught. They were transformed by the glory of God. Let me tell you what God has showed me. I know that he's inviting people up the mountain. In my spirit, I sense him calling me this week. Pastor Ben had a message. For those of you here on Tuesday night, and thank you to all the folks who came out. Pastor Ben had a message on Tuesday night, and he talked about 40 years. And he kept saying that. And you know, here's the reality for our church. After Ben preached, it clicked in my mind. I went and got our welcome class book, and I opened it up. We're right at that period of time this Wednesday will be 40 years ago that the church signed their role and made it in the Assembly of God Church. 40 years ago this Wednesday. What amazing message. You had to be here to hear it. What amazing message Pastor Ben had. 40 years. And, and talking about, it's a new beginning for us. A new generation is raised. He's saying to you, and with the children of Israel, they had a choice. They had a choice to hear from God to respond to him. What I sense God saying is, I sense that on a personal level, he's inviting me to come to him, to come up to the mountain, to meet with him on a deeper level. But he's not just calling me. To those of you who are in leadership, he's calling you to come up and meet with him. He's calling us to rid ourselves of sin, to take time and purify ourselves to confess our sins before the Lord. We don't come up arrogantly. We don't come up proudly or to overstep authority and disrespect the authority that he's established. No, not some kind of arrogance. But he calls us up, and I want to say this to you, leaders of your home, dads, God's calling you to come on up to the mountain. He wants to reveal himself to you. 
For those of you who are leaders in ministry, God's calling you to come on up to the mountain and meet with Him. For those of you who are, but now a lot of people say, well, okay, well, what about me? He's inviting each of us to come to the mountain and meet with Him. He says, draw near to me. If you draw near to Him, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. If you you draw near to Him, there's a part of you that's going to be afraid. But I'll die. If I draw near to Him, and I've never been there, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm afraid to come into that type of intimacy with God, that type of level with God. I've never been there before. But His invitation is to come to you. And this is what He's saying. For those of you who are tired, as you come to Him, He's going to fill you up with His energy. For those of you who are sick in your body, what is He going to do? When you come into His presence, healing flows. For those of you who are in bondage to some kind of sin or habit, you become transformed in His glory. And He changes us. He doesn't just inform us. He changes us. If you're tired of spending your life around church and being informed, but you know there's some places in your life pastor informing you hasn't been enough. That the best evangelist coming in and declaring the word of God to you, it stirs you for a few moments. It stirs you because you start to see a little glimpses of the glory. But you're saying, God, I want to meet with you. I want it to last, Lord. I want it to be something where you change me, not for a week, not for a month. But I want it to be something where you change me on the inside forever. I want to be one who plugs into you, who I can hear because there's other people who are depending on me. There's other people who I lead that if I don't go there, if I don't go there, my kids will never go there. If my kids don't see dad going there, they're not going to go there. If the kids in the youth group don't see Pastor Joe Joe going there, they're not going to go any further than what their leadership goes. They're going to hinder. And what they need is they need a godly man or a godly woman. I can't say this to you. In your life, if you don't do it, God will bump you out of the way and he'll raise up somebody else. He'll bump you out of the way and he'll raise up somebody else who will fulfill his purposes and his plans. He's calling you up the mountain today. And as the word of God speaks to you, can I just say this to you? I just declare to you that if you'll step out of your pew, if in your heart you'll say, God, I want to meet with you. God, I want to touch you. God, I know that I've been afraid of pressing in, but I'm not going to settle for pastor telling me. I'm going to respect the man of God in the house. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to reverence him. I'm going to give him the respect that's due. I'm going to give the leaders in my life the respect that's due. But God, I want to meet with you myself. And I want to come into that place where your fire transforms me from the inside out. If that's you today, as Crystal starts leading us in worship, can I just get you to come on up here? Just begin to worship the Lord. Just step up here. Just step out of your pew. Father, I pray that as people step out of their pews, I just want to encourage you. Just begin to worship the Lord. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Just begin to lift up His name. Tell how much you love Him. Just begin to confess your sins and your faults to Him. And believe Him to pour out His Holy Spirit on us today. Lord, we pray in this house today that there be a transforming fire. We don't want to resist You, Lord. Lord, we don't want to run back, Lord. But we want to pursue You today. In the name of Jesus, let God hear Your voice. Some of you today are going to be 